As the old saying goes, who watches the watches? And in this case, we did, so you don't have to. Welcome to episode 32 of Nerd Out Consumed. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who identifies otherwise, welcome to the latest episode, regular episode, because we've had a few specials recently, of uh, Nerd Out Consumed. You have me, Reese Parton, your normal host. Accompanying me is Sandro, as always. Yep. And our special guest, Bam from Bam Makes Games. Hello. Hi, buddy. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. I'm actually so happy to talk to you verbally for the first time in years. Oh, wow. It feels good. Like yeah. we've we've chatted verbally, but usually it's one of us on the on the verbal and one of us on the textual. Mm. Yes, the typing, the textual. Yeah, the typing. <laughs> so this is fun. This is fun. Yes. This is great. Yeah. And now we get to talk about nerd stuff. Oh, we do, and nerd stuff is my so, favorite so stuff. Much. And and the best sort of nerd stuff as well. Nerd stuff we can get angry about. Oh uh, boy, am I angry? Yes. <laughs> I took notes. Oh, did oh, you? No. <laughs> oh, boy. All righty. So, actually, Sandra, how do we want to do this? Do we, do we want to ask the age-old question first, or do we want to talk about the thing we're going to get angry about first? Um, let's do the question and then the angry thing at the end of everything. Okay. With the question. Yeah. All righty. I could have said that better, but... No, no. That sounds like no. the Bible, actually. <laughs> the angry thing at the end of everything. The yes. angry thing at the end of everything. <laughs> oh boy, is this a sign? Oh no, we'll just have to cut that part out. Will I? Well, you mentioned that it's going to get cut, which means it's now going to stay in. I don't know how it reset it. <laughs> I don't know how I edit either. I just go until it's done. I try and cut out everyone saying um and uh, a little bit too much, but sometimes I leave it in. But anyway, we're going to ask the age-old question. The biblical, no, I won't go there. The really <laughs> old question of what have you consumed lately? And I'm going to send it towards our special guest. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Oh, that's oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, folks, I went to the cinema for the first time in a very long time the other day. Yeah, what's because that? It's, it's, it's this room... That's mm. air conditioned, which is very oh, important. Ooh, lovely. That's important. Yeah, it smells a bit like popcorn, and a bunch of people sit in it together and they watch flickering lights that present Ooh. images on a screen. Hmm. Sounds a bit satanic. Are they Christmas lights? It is. It is a bit like Christmas lights, and it's very <gasps> satanic. Ah. Oh. So definitely Christmas lights. It's yeah. it's the devil's medium for sure. Uh -huh. um, no, but I went and saw Promising Young Woman, Ooh. which is uh, the latest attempt at a Carrie Mulligan vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I Carrie Mulligan is no no draw for me, and no one in this movie I had even really seen act before. Bo Burnham, oh, is mm. is one of the central characters. In yeah, fact, yeah, he's yeah. he's the main supporting actor, wow. and he is incredible. I mm. want to see him in so many more things, and his awesome. voice is like chocolate. <laughs> oh, I could just swim in it all day. His speaking voice or his singing voice? Because he does obviously sing as well. Does he? Yeah, he's a uh, singing comedian, a bit like Tim Minchin. Yeah, oh, I, musical comedian. I need to check this out because I had yeah. no idea who he was. Mm. And he just blew me away in this movie. Wow. He directed a film a couple of years ago called Eighth Grade as well, which was pretty good. 
I am going to fill my life with Bo Burnham from now on. <laughs> um, but Promising Young Woman, yeah, it's this. It's a movie about a woman who is obsessed with essentially tracking down the men responsible for something terrible in her past. And I should probably preface this with a content warning because it is a dark film and it does deal with some very heavy subject matter. So... Yeah, maybe if that's not for you, maybe skip ahead to the next one. But I will just say that every time you think that this movie is going to go in too hard on the heavy stuff, it pulls back and it is just such a relief Mm. to see. Like, this movie could have easily fallen into the trap of... um, Gratuitous? Yeah, or just being so heavy-handed with its messaging ah, that yeah. no one would be on board with it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But it is so deftly handled. I I cannot I cannot praise this movie enough. Like wow. The final scene had both me and my partner sobbing. Oh. Just sobbing when the music kicked in, we just lost it. Wow. And it's one of those movies that you stick around to the end of the credits just because you can't physically get up yet. You yep. can't mm. You can't even mentally get up yet. Some of them feel like it's inappropriate to get up before yeah. it's finished. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. I just was unironically slow clapping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I highly recommend this movie. A- anytime I talk to someone, anytime anyone asks me about what movies have you seen lately, I'm like, you have to see this movie. Mm. So let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Promising young woman. Yeah, it's been on my list for a while. Um, it's taken a while to get down here to Australia, but now that it has, very keen to see it. Mm. And everyone's raving about it. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's 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 my movie of the month. Sweet, excellent. What about you, Sandra? What have you consumed? Uh, I'll start off with movies. Mm-hmm. Let me have a look here. See, okay, yeah. So I guess the main movies that I've kind of consumed this month are. Uh, a trilogy of of French Polish productions that I've been meaning to watch for for ages, probably like three four years now. Uh, the Three Colors trilogy by Krzysztof Klauski, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great Polish director. I've seen some of his stuff before, uh, but this trilogy is considered uh, th- the best stuff he's ever done. So it's three films: blue, white, and red. Um, of course, making up the 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 colours of the French flag. And the Australian and the <laughs> And the Australian and the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, this film was bloody funded by America. It would be red, white, and blue. <laughs> and he said, yes, it probably would have been. <laughs> so there's three, I was going to say unconnected films. They're not unconnected. There is uh, elements that connect them together and you should try and watch them in one sitting oh, if geez. you can. Uh, but they're three hour and a half long movies, um, uh, each themed around a color. It was pretty obvious going into it, but when blue started and there was a lot of blue stuff on screen, I was like, <laughs> whoa, it's blue stuff in this movie called Blue. And it was really surprising. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, the movie White is set at winter. <laughs> and all this different stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, I don't really want to say too much about it uh, because I think you should go in as blind as possible. Mm-hmm. But the Three Colors tr- trilogy, great stuff. The first one was kind of like 
quite a sad movie, as you would expect with, Everyone with feeling the title blue. blue. Yeah, and then the, um, the second one, White, was almost like this, this Polish Fargo-esque huh. kind of comedy with elements of a thriller kind of thrown in, kind of, a little bit of mystery. It, it was a lot of fun. Mm. A lot of people don't love White as much as Blue and Red. A lot of them think that middle one is like, it's like a four- out of five, whereas the other two are five out of fives. I think they're all on the same level, and I think White doesn't, like, hit you as hard emotionally, but it's a lot of fun. And then Red is just a masterpiece, and I don't even want to say why it's called Red. That's how good it is. Wow. Just, just go into that one as blind as possible. Does it have an angry thing at the end of it? Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, the way the, the the way critics kind of talked about them at the time was like blue is anti tragedy, white is anti thriller maybe, and then huh. red is like an anti romance. Ah. So that's kind of where the red comes in, kind of not really, but yeah, that was the only thing I really knew about them was that they're like anti genre, and they kind of are. I can see how you can how you could do that. I just say they're three really good movies, and if you're not opposed to subtitles, as I know some people are, uh, then then check them out. I think <laughs> that wasn't directed at you. <laughs> I know, and I know some people need them. I'm not. I'm not being ableist in any way, and I'm glad that they are available for a lot of films. And obviously, they're a translation device as well. But I struggle yes. to enjoy a film when I feel the need to read something, so it just drags me out. Mm. I mean, you could watch the dubbed version if you really wanted to. I hate dubbed versions even more than subtitles. <laughs> yeah, but they're awful. They're all really bad. So, yeah, uh, Three Colors trilogy I would give. Um, yeah, two thumbs up to that whole thing. We didn't really explain the rating system for new people. So oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the way we rate things is a very complicated way that Rob <laughs> and I came up with um, uh, for five-ish years ago now. So the highest rating you, you can give someone is two thumbs up, mm -hmm. then one thumb up, then in the middle, kind of like a shrug. It can either be an upwards schmear or a downwards schmear, then one thumb down, two thumbs down for the worst thing possible. That was the most succinct explanation that's been done, and well done, buddy. Thank you. It's basically five out of five, but complicated and with other ways to say <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would give the trilogy uh, a, just a solid two, two thumbs up. It's excellent stuff, and... The director's good as well. If you like it, check out more of his stuff. Bam, what would you rate Promising Young Woman? Oh, two big thumbs all the way up. Lovely. Absolutely. I've gone and made the rating system even more complicated by saying you could say it's uh, a Dwayne Johnson thumb up or something like that, <laughs> yes. like really big yeah. thumbs up. Oh, it's it's two thumbs with extremely long nails up. Ah. Oh. I like that. Um, is, is it called red pointy. because all the characters are retired and extremely dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> what a crossover. No, but it should be. <laughs> uh, Reese, what have you been consuming lately? Alrighty. Well, I've got a fair bit of a list and I'm not hundred percent sure how much of it I'm going to mention because this was a while ago, some of it, cause we haven't done one of these in so long. <laughs> I'll start off with the Punisher season one from Marvel. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh this grew on me because at first i really didn't like it i thought it was gratuitous i thought i don't want to say this in a harsh way because everyone worked really hard on it and did a really good job but i thought maybe they just jumped the shark in terms of how much gore how much swearing and all of that they were throwing into it 
But then eventually I started caring about Frank Castle, our uh, destroyed human being that he is. And um, I really got into it. And I also started bizarrely caring about, or not caring, just kind of being fascinated with how far the villain would go. And in this case, the villain is a certain Ben Barnes, who I didn't expect what we got from him. And it was, oh. it was intense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about it because I like my <laughs> cartoonish superhero violence. And this definitely isn't that. <laughs> if you're going to have violence, I don't think you need to go over the top with it. And I feel like some of this was over the top. But then other times it was incredible how committed John Berth- Bernthal was in some of the action scenes, which made him terrifying. Like, um, it's not too much of a spoiler, but in one of the scenes, it's really high stakes. He's been fighting for like five minutes and he's still got to keep going. And he just brings out this massive guttural roar and he's just like, and it was, it was amazing to watch. Mm. Yeah. He's incredible. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm probably going to watch season two at some point, but it took me years to even want to watch season one after seeing the first episode. So I'll probably have it on the back burner for a bit, but it <laughs> What? Season two is a lot lighter. Um, it okay. is a lot lighter, thankfully. Yeah. But just because of, I don't know, maybe I'm just timid, guys. Um, I'm going <laughs> to leave it for a <laughs> bit. But I guess I enjoyed it overall. Again, that's another thing. I'm not sure exactly how to feel about it, probably because it's so confronting. But yeah, it's it's good. I'll say that much. Probably one thumb up. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those kind of uh, like Stallone hyper-masculine kind of <laughs> ultra-violent. <laughs> yeah shows right yeah 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 but there's also more consequences for being that sort of person in the show than you would see in any of those movies right yeah yeah because like i i I haven't i haven't seen the show Mm -hmm. um but i have seen snippets from it and like trailers for it and it's very much kind of advertised in that way i'm not surprised that they would go that route to like actually have the consequences in the show because we're kind of pushing that way as a society which is good but again like i just had no interest in it for that reason i was really impressed with one storyline which reminded me and i don't want to get too real or too heavy but some of the stuff that the australian armed forces have been accused of Uh, is very reminiscent of one of the storylines in this so it actually gets hard hitting in not just like the violence in your face nature of it it's just uncomfortable to watch sometimes yeah but what about you bam anything else that i've been consuming yeah well sir well mm. sir you <laughs> might you might know this about me but i'm sure a lot of people don't i make games and what? i sure make <laughs> games and as such i also play a lot of games i play all kinds of games um, on my stream, I'm streaming pretty much something different every week, yeah. mostly because I tend to get bored at around the five hour mark <laughs> of everything that I play. But something that I keep coming back to is Dungeons and Dragons because I'm uh, a capital M, a capital N nerd. Love it. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Please, please hold your applause until the end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But no, this week, I believe, or maybe late last week, uh, (laughs) MCDM is an exciting new company run by this guy named Matt Colville. Uh, He makes videos on YouTube called Running the Game. And he essentially Mm -hmm. walks you through 
how easy it is to just play Dungeons and Dragons. The basic idea of it is if you're the first person in your friends group that wants to play D&D, guess what? You're the dungeon master. It's not scary. It's going to be fine. We'll get through it together. <laughs> and that took off. It was very popular. And as such, he started to build this company where he's making third party supplements for D&D, like the Sweet. strongholds and followers rules which is basically, you know, your characters can build a castle and people will flock to them and you can wage war on other other lands and things like that. But they've always had a Patreon set up and it's just been essentially like people who want to donate money can just go there and donate money to this company. Mm. And only recently have they been like, man, we should we should really do something for the Patreons, especially the people who have been there for the longest. And so they put together this idea of building this magazine, this like 40 page magazine oh. that's full of adventures and new rules written by freelance artists that are brought wow. in. And it is like, they have pulled out all the stops for this thing. It is the most beautiful product I have ever seen. That's awesome. It is so readable. Like the hardest thing about D&D is mm. that like all of the supplements are just so difficult to read, but this thing is <laughs> yeah. so consumable. It's just so, uh, yeah, just uh, so rich and easy. It's written in plain language. And, <laughs> you know, I read the whole thing and then I went back and I read it again and I was looking at the picture. All of the art in there is just yeah. so beautiful. And it's available. You can you can sign up to be a Patreon for $5 US on the MCDM patreon or you can sign up for ten dollars but they also have it available as a standalone pdf from mm. their store at mcdm.com even if you don't play D and you're just thinking like oh maybe i should try it dude get this it's so cool it's good for like new dms it's good for players it's good for people who've been doing it for ages it is mm. two big old thumbs up and i feel really lame for having two things that i really like on my first appearance here, but man, I'm just so excited about this stuff. <laughs> I'm all about positivity. I'm oh, kind yeah. of dreading talking about the thing we're not going to like. So no, I'll more good. than I'll more than make up for it here shortly. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yes, I'm sure you will. <laughs> but also, I haven't consumed that yet myself. But I just for the sake of supporting grassroots things like that, I encourage people to do that, especially if it's in a, an area that you're passionate about. Support other people who are passionate about it because that's just how we spread the love. That's how we get creativity Absolutely. out there. So it's great. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sandra, do you have anything else you want to, I was looking at my letterbox and everything is like movies for all you but a goodie. So I think I'll jump over <laughs> and instead talk about, because like the end of year rush of, Oh, I've got to watch all the new releases <laughs> yep. that, yep. that ended when we did our movie list. And now I'm like, Oh, now I'm just taking it easy with movies, but I have been reading a lot lately. Uh, and I want to talk about the big thing Ooh. I've been reading, which is star Wars new, uh, multimedia ish oh, yeah. kind of eventually multimedia, <laughs> a universe event. This is the first installment of it, isn't it? Yeah, the first installment, yeah, yeah. of uh, The High Republic, which is set uh, 200 years before the events of Phantom Menace. It's meant to be the the golden era of the Republic, of the Jedi Order. Everyone's happy. Everyone's really peaceful. <laughs> At the same time, for three chapters... Exactly. Everyone's wearing gold robes. <laughs> wow. God. Everyone's got fancy lightsabers that look like they're like they're mm. like royal lightsabers. But 
there's there's someone feels upset one day <laughs> yeah there's there's like these hyperspace pirates and that's all i'll say because g- again go in blind just go in blind to things sure. in general i'm okay. a big i'm a big supporter of just just don't know anything just just go into stuff without knowing anything about them. And that's kind of how I went into it. So the first installment of High Republic content came out right at the start of January. And I had it on pre-order. So I got me me hardback copy of the first adult novel. Uh, I got my, my digital copy of the first young readers novel. Uh, mm. I got the comic, but I'm going to wait until that whole arc is done because I'm not reading that monthly. <laughs> that means I've got to remember stuff between <laughs> months. Uh, comics. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I, I read the first two novels. Mm. Uh, the main one, yeah, being Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, which is the big event. It's about 370 pages. There's maybe 15 main characters in it. Oof. Damn. And uh, it's just kind of um, setting the scene for the universe. Uh, It opens with the great disaster, which is this thing that happens, this incident that happens that kind of kickstarts this whole storyline. And you travel between uh, the people who, who, who started that disaster, who is this new form of v- villain called the Nihil. They're totally not nihilist. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> Wink. Star Wars. <laughs> never, never not subtle. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Nihil who are like this, these band of um, basically space pirates. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any Sith at this time, but, but we're not sure yet. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. There doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem to be. <laughs> They do name check the Sith Wars and everything that happened in the Old Republic series, though. So Hmm. I guess that's canon still. So that's cool. (laughs) Semi. Should be. I think they name checked Reven in um, Rebels as well. So it's probably all still still canon. Hmm. But yeah, that first novel uh, is great. It's so good. It moves along so quickly, mainly because there are so many characters and so much is happening mm. that you you just can't really put it down. I have heard people complaining that there are 15 characters and that means there is no character development at all. And yeah, mm. that's true. Uh, you don't really get a sense as to who any of these characters are. They tell you a little bit about their powers because it seems like in this era, every Jedi has kind of got their own separate sort of skills. Like some can technically read minds some have um other sort of powers it's really well excuse me while i push up my glasses um (laughs) 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 that does kind of tie in with the knights of the old republic where yeah you get the different classes and some of them focus more on combat and use the force only slightly whereas other ones Mm. are basically all force users so it's kind of yeah ties in with that I, i suppose and there's this one Jedi, I think she's a master, or maybe she's just a knight, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Ava Chris, who basically looks like Jodie Wataka, so whenever they cast hey. her in a TV show or something, they're going to get her. Mm. Yeah, planning ahead. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but she's got this power where if she's in a massive battle, she can meditate and then boost the force powers for everyone else which is really cool that's straight out of knights of the old republic battle meditation 
Yes, so yeah. they've kind of like made all that stuff canon, but also added in some new stuff as well. That's some new cool. like lightsaber stuff in there. I cool. won't spoil it necessarily, uh, but there's some interesting yeah lightsaber stuff mm. that they've done. Um, and yeah, the characters, there are so many, Yeah, there are so many new characters. It does help that they have also published concept art for every major player in this book. Cause that really helps you kind of like remember who's who. Yeah. Um, so that helps. Uh, so, so I'm very thankful for that, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a great start of the novel. Charles soul, who has been working on the comics for a while. He did the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, I think it was called, that run, mm. which I haven't read yet, but I've heard incredible things about. Um, like, he seems to be, yeah, one of the best Star Wars writers at the moment. And from the look of this book, he's kind of got the same sort of idea of what the Force is to, like, what I do and, like, what f- f- friends of myself do. All that sort of stuff. It's great. Love the first novel. Uh, two thumbs up. The wow. Young Reader one is called A Test of Courage. I mainly read it because it's kind of a prequel to the second young adult novel. So there's three sorts of novels that they're releasing. <laughs> there's the big event adult novels and the Young Reader novels. They both get like released at the same time. And then a month later, you get like a young adult novel. The first Young Reader novel is a prequel to the second young adult novel. I love how it's just the start of this timeline and it's already confusing. <laughs> What are you doing, Star Wars? <sighs> All right, our first sequel has to be a prequel. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, the 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 young reader one is called A Test of Courage. It's very short. Mm-hmm. It took me maybe four hours to get through. It's only like 150 <laughs> pages, I think. It's very, very sh- short. It basically tells the story of um, these four characters uh, kids to teenagers who get stranded in space and on a moon somewhere without any adults and they've kind of got to work their way out one of the characters is like 16 but she's already a jedi knight i was a little like that's a bit weird that there are teenage jedi knights in this world but she is meant to be like a jedi prodigy so it's a little bit different but that was like an interesting sort of thing because uh she eventually gets a padawan that is like a year younger than than her so that's kind of cool in terms of scope it's just very much this one location the relationships between these four kids that's basically it it's not really that expansive but there's some fun stuff in there there's some fun moments there's some interesting like kyber crystal lore that they kind of introduced there as well which is cool Mm. some stuff for the lightsabers that i'm sure they're going to explore more in future books so it's it's okay i'd give that one like a schmear it's fine but it's like it's like a four hour read so you know i think we've got to remember the audience here too exactly and it is for quite young Mm. readers I'm hoping it does what the Terence Dix books did for Doctor Who, where he wrote Mm. the adaptations of a lot of the classic Doctor Who stories, and it actually introduced an entire generation of kids to reading. Yeah. When he died last year or the year before? Year before, I think. So many people were saying, I actually learned to read because of this guy, so it's kind of big. So Mm. I I hope it has the same effect. Yeah, and like I grew up reading, um, I can't remember what it was called, but the Qui-Gon Jinn Obi-Wan mm. book series, which was targeted at the same audience I grew up reading them. So like the young readers series definitely have an impact on young readers as they should. Yeah. And I think that, that this novel in particular is a great one for that audience. Uh, so yeah, all in all, 
really exciting launch. I'm very pleasantly surprised by this error. I was a little worried it would be a bit Disney-fied because the majority of the recent Disney books are very small scale and they're only based around characters we are already familiar with. Like I've read Mm. the Ahsoka novel previously and it was like, Ahsoka's on a farming planet. And it's this small planet, and it's not going to affect <laughs> anything in the universe. <laughs> and it's like, uh... You're talking about Star Trek Picard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right where we want her. Yeah. It's just like, this is one of the greatest characters. Why can't she do something? Yeah. So, and, like, the best books are always, like, with, like, original characters as well, I find, so... Hmm. This is just a reminder that Ahsoka exists. <laughs> yes. Because, not for any particular reason, but you might be seeing her again. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think I think that novel existed in, like, it came out right after a particular season of Rebels, where they were like, oops, we forgot to explain something. Here's... God, <laughs> no. Happened. You know that one episode where there was a plot hole? Here's a book about it. God, no. Yeah. Well, that's basically what the Rogue One prequel is as well it was just in case you didn't know the exhaust pipe was there on purpose (laughs) here's an entire book about planning it (laughs) yeah that's because some people take this stuff far too seriously like i love my star wars but Mm. some people overthink it too much and to quote george lucas it's for children yeah (laughs) kind of kind of is although fool that light of the Jedi book's probably a little bit too intense don't read that to your 10 year old (laughs) okay (laughs) um or maybe Oh, yeah, it's pretty intense. And there's like, I think there's like, there's some drug use in it. And when that happened, I was like, this is weird for Star Wars. (laughs) There's like characters getting high. It's like, whoa, whoa, this is strange. Uh, So yeah, anyway, um, the High Republic is good. Hmm. I'm excited to read the the next one, which is out in a week um, by Claudia Gray, who wrote Lost Stars, one of my favorite yeah. of the recent batch of star wars books so i'm very excited to read that mm. highly recommend the high republic and it's all leading up to a tv show apparently so <laughs> wait <Is> a it... <laughs> minute <laughs> there's absolutely no way yeah it's all leading up to star wars the acolyte on disney plus you mean i paid 30 bucks for this ad <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you yeah that I'm yeah, I'm skeptical about how that's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're gonna have three years of books and then the finale is a TV show, I don't know how that's gonna work. This is where I jump in. Mm. This is to people who have said, and I think I've said it on the show already, but I don't care. This is to the people saying, Oh, there's gotta be too much Star Wars by the end of this. Don't watch the bits of Star Wars you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch the first episode and go, Yeah, not for me. Not for me. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All power to you. Well, that's that's true of everything. It is. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you have to read it. Don't have to. Li- Although we did have to watch the watch for. This oh episode. God. <laughs> so whose idea was that? Ugh. I'm glad that certain someone did say we only had to do two episodes though. <laughs> yes. Not every episode. I had to read a whole book and then watch the watch. Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't say you should read the book. You put that on. <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, so it's his fault now, is it? <laughs> I'll take it. I loved every minute of reading the book. Excellent. Especially compared to the show. <laughs> yeah. Are, are we getting into this? Because I'm just going to fly into it. Uh, maybe in a little bit. All right, all right, all right. All right. There's a little prequel, I'll, a little sizzle. For the... I'll pull the horses back. Eh? Whoa, whoa. You're pulling a Disney there, guys. 
<laughs> Star Wars. Um, Reese, what else have you been consuming lately? Well, I'm going to quickly just run through a list of TV shows because we've kind of been touching upon them on and off. I'll just quickly say that uh, sticking with the Disney theme, The Mandalorian was spectacular television, and I really loved what they're doing with WandaVision so far. Mm. It's a lot of fun. WandaVision's been great. Yeah. Really does give you a feeling of whichever era the particular episode you're watching is trying to replicate. I think it does it really well. Other people might be able to speak to it better than I can, but I do notice there's a difference in the production uh, approach with every episode. And so one Mm. does feel like a 60s kind of comedy. Other one feels like a 70s one. And then there's wonderful Technicolor in episode three. (laughs) Yes. I loved loved that. That was very funny. It was great. Uh, Paul Bettany is amazing. I love Paul Bettany so much. And then I will talk a little bit more in depth about a show that I literally just finished watching 10 minutes before we started and had the same effect on me as, oh God, sorry, Bam, what was the movie you watched? Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's what it is. I don't know either. I liked it though. But there we go. It's Promising Young Woman. (laughs) It's a Sin by Russell T. Davies had the same effect on me. Oh, yes. For those of you who don't know, it explores the lives of a group of young homosexual, bisexual people in London. Uh, They don't start off in London, but they end up in London at the height of the AIDS epidemic. And um, it holds nothing back. um, Russell T. Davies, I don't know much about his personal life, but I reckon he would have met people who experienced something like this. Mm. I know he lost his husband, not to AIDS, but there's a scene in this where someone's, the, it affects his brain basically. And he starts to forget things. And uh, Russell's um, husband died of brain cancer. And there's a line in here saying, it's bad enough that he's dying. Why does it have to be like this? And I, I just burst into tears then because I knew how much yeah, mm. that the journey they went on. I'm, I'm very much a big fan of Russell and I mm. was devastated to hear, to kind of follow the journey that was going on with him and his husband. But it's little things like that. There are lines that you just, you feel have a reality somewhere in his history. Like he's just embodying what he lived through. And I saw, I read the first bit of an interview where he said that he'd been running away from writing about AIDS for a long time. And he said, look, screw it. I'm going to finally do it. And it's really impactful. It's also full of joy and laughs and fun. And it celebrates the LGBT community in the ways that they do, because obviously, you know, it's such a, a vibrant community. It has the potential to be, but then it also did experience a lot of hardship. There's, there is homophobia in there, so there's a big uh, content warning for you all. But it is written uh, on the streaming service that I watched. It has got lots of warnings about that. But it's, it's just an incredible show. Russell T. Davies mm. wrote it beautifully. The performers are outstanding. And with this and Years and Years, which is a show he did two years ago, which has got one of the same actors in it. She's, she's doing really well. But um, with those two shows, it's two of the best stuff he's ever written. I think okay. Russell T Davies is at the top of his game even now. A lot of people thought maybe he was starting to dwindle, and I personally thought that his Doctor Who episodes got quite samey. So did Stephen Moffat's. Yeah. Mm. It just happens when you're on a show for a long time. But he's, I think, because between being on Doctor Who and now he lost his husband, I think he's starting to feel a desire to express things that he's maybe not felt like he's had the, mm. the competence as a writer to do so. And now he does, and he's doing it spectacularly. So I recommend not just It's a Sin, which gets two thumbs up from me, but also Years and Years. That's two amazing TV shows. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch them. I'm 
going to probably try and go through them probably during the next week. Yeah, because mm. it's getting like five out of five reviews from everyone. Everyone's yeah. raving about it. And like it everyone. looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it broke me down to tears about probably five times, honestly. Mm. I think twice in, in one episode. It's amazing stuff. But it also makes you just laugh at how wacky people can be when they're <laughs> in their early 20s and kind of living in a share house environment. And it... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. gets a bit wild. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, it's it's an amazing, amazing show. Definitely recommend watching it. And is it broken up into like separate years the same way that Years and Years was as well? Ah, uh, yeah. There's sometimes a time jump within an episode, but yeah, it does okay. follow. I didn't follow the exact period of time that it stretches, but it does start early 80s, finishes early 90s, so maybe okay. 10 years. Nice, nice. At most. But yeah, it's it takes landmark moments within the period of that time. And highlights them. Mm. If that makes sense. Now tell me, was Russell T. Davies partially responsible for the BBC Dracula, or was that just Stephen Moffat? And Mark Gatiss. That's Moffat and Gatiss, yeah. yeah. Ah, yes, 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 that's right. That's the Sherlock team. Mm. Boy, did that show take a right turn into hell. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. boy. <laughs> that was going so well. Yeah. And just it was okay. <laughs> could not stick the landing. <laughs> episode two was great. Let's just leave it episode, episode two. Episode two was great. Yeah. Episode two was excellent. Oh, I thought I was going to give it a five out of five uh, off the first two two episodes, but yeah. oh my God, that last one hurt me so much. <laughs> the girl in the last episode is that girl I was talking about that's in years and years, and it's a sim. Oh, yeah. oh the, um, yeah. She's really yes. good. I won't spoil. Oh, well, screw it. I will spoil Dracula. Don't watch it. Uh, the one that gets cremated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you can watch the first two. Don't bother with the third one. It's yeah. no. not good. Although, yeah, like with the ending cliffhanger of the second one, you probably don't want to watch the third one. No. I liked it. I like the idea of it. <laughs> the idea was, yeah. The, the execution of the third episode could have been three episodes in its own right. They tried to put too much in there. I just couldn't believe that this whole show turned into a boomer complaining about how easy millennials have it right now. <laughs> yes. It was like, oh, yeah. And then he wanted to die because of how easy millennials have it. It's like, well, if this is living, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, yeah, that finale. Sorry, spoilers, but it's terrible. No, it, yeah, it's not good at all. <laughs> it really ruins the amazing work, the first two episodes. They yeah. were quite yeah. well done. And then. <laughs> then we introduced to Mark Gatiss's character. Oh dear. No, he's great. He is. He's great. Um, have you got anything else to the, that you've been consuming, Bam? Oh, yeah. I, well, <laughs> yes, I have. But no? if just give me a second because I was thinking about it before, but then I started thinking about Dracula and got so angry, my blood started to boil. <laughs> Shit, what was it? If that was a pun, I really appreciate it. That was very good. I liked it. <laughs> I was going for it. <laughs> Out of the three colors, you were red for a second. Pull <laughs> back. Oh, it wasn't as good. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just briefly mention this book that I've been reading, Ooh. which is a science fiction that I've been hunting down for ages. I haven't been able to find it anywhere, but they magically had it at the Dimmicks in Melbourne, which, hmm. I mean, if I was going to look, then probably I should have started there. <laughs> 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 it's called A Fire Upon the Deep by Verna Vinge. Oh. And the premise of the book is about, well, space is divided into three frontiers. There's like lower functioning brain 
activity in the closest to the gravitational center of the galaxy. Mm. And then as you go further out, brain activity becomes more active and people oh. start to become smarter so that the further away you are, there's like a, oh. there's a, in the third tier, you ascend, you, you transcend into kind of godhood. Wow. So it's the book version of those space brain memes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like galaxy brain, right? <laughs> but kind of traveling between the zones is really difficult because as you get further into the gravitational center of the, the galaxy, mm. the computers and the technology stops working and you stop being able to work out how to use it. Mm. And it's all about, it's like the reason that it was written is because this guy... Werner Vinge, who wrote it, was a computer scientist, and mm. his theory was that one day we're going to develop artificial intelligence that is so intelligent that it will develop its own artificial intelligence. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's going to happen. Which will then be so intelligent that it will develop its own, until on and on and on, until it becomes out of control and starts to, like, basically treat the galaxy as its own plaything. I just got terrified. <laughs> yeah. This book is like a space opera, but with this heavy sci-fi kind of theory behind it. That sounds like my perfect book. Oh, dude, it is like, because, so not to give too much away, this happens very early on in the book, but hmm. uh, there's a, the prologue is about basically these humans have walked into this ancient ruin on the outskirts of the galaxy and they've woken something up that was previously shut down and it starts to attain kind of sentience and then transcends mm. and destroys them before they can escape, except one escape pod makes it off the planet and disappears deep into like the galactic center. Oh boy. So where it lands is this medieval like <laughs> fantasy land. I like that. <laughs> this is going on my list. Yeah. It's all about the rescue between kind of being on the outskirts of that outer rim, trying to get to this medieval land and bring them back while also trying to like prevent this evil AI from taking over the whole universe. It wow. is amazing. And there is no exposition. Oh, yes. <laughs> which is, is happy. probably my favorite part. <laughs> That's great because, like, pretty much every sci-fi fantasy novel I've read that sounds like what you're des describing, the first hundred pages is like, we've got to get the cryptoloid to the space yeah. wizard or whatever. Well, the mm -hmm. thing is, it, it, will just, it just drops you into the world. So it doesn't take Excellent. any time to be like, oh, by the way, this is this and this is why this is happening. And none of the characters are doing that stupid thing about like, oh, did you hear about Uncle Ted? Yeah, Uncle Ted has cancer <laughs> and he died. And like, yeah, right. oh, yeah, I know about that, about Uncle Ted. But boy, <laughs> don't you miss him? Yeah, I do. Okay, now we know who Uncle Ted is. <laughs> it just drops you in. And they're talking about all of this like mumbo jumbo. In fact, it describes the way that the alien society works in the way that the alien society would understand it. Huh. Yeah. Good. And so you're just kind of like going along with it until it's not until like about three chapters later that you're like, holy crap, I finally understand what they're talking about. <laughs> and this is completely different to how I've pictured it, but it makes nice. so much more sense now. Mm. Okay. That's a little bit like Dune, but not as confusing as it seems because <laughs> Dune took like a hundred pages before it did that. 
Yeah, no, this is this is less of that than June. June is pretty Good. hard going. It's it's rough. <laughs> well, this has also like that classic fantasy kind of daring do. Yeah. Swashbuckling adventure kind of feel to it. Whereas Dune is so kind of bogged down in the politics very early on. Oh yeah. And so like tied up in its own mumbo jumbo. Speaking of Dune, I, I hate to jump in there, but I'm very excited. I've been looking for months in the local books bookstore to try and get it. Yeah. Oh really? But it just wasn't there. I went to a second hand bookshop that we've got here. We're lucky to have two bookshops in a town this size that I live in, by the way. Yeah. I'm not gonna dox myself, but yeah. And I couldn't go to other ones because of border closures and stuff like that. And I just wanted to read Dune because the movie was coming out. Sandra had just read it and I wanted to get it. And My review wasn't that positive. I'm surprised <laughs> you wanted to read no, it. No, but like you, I've been feeling the pressure yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, you haven't read Dune and you call yourself a nerd? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. It do be like that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into the bookshop today and I had it and I picked it up and it's nice. sitting right here with me fantastic stick yeah. with it won't you oh i will I'm at, i think it might actually be right up my alley right now because yeah i'm deeply into politics in real life so maybe it'll resonate with me who knows yeah and if you need the audiobook to know how to pronounce stuff that that's what i did as well so you're yeah. fine <laughs> oh that's hilarious what's your favorite name from that book sandra you had a favorite name oh i did i think it's the quizats haderach it's a good name it's a good yeah word. yeah or is it the benny no i think it's the quizat haderach yeah yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> See, Reese, the thing about Dune is mm. I hate it. It's <laughs> coarse, gets everywhere. Uh-huh. Oh. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I do actually have a bit of Dune stuff to talk about in a second, but Ooh. Fire Upon the Deep sounds amazing. Is it a series or is it a standalone? Well, I think you can read it as a standalone. It's technically part of a series. Okay. I think I I think that the second part came out in 2011. This was written in oh. 1990. Wow. So it's 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 another one of those like King Killer Chronicles don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that third one's never coming out. No, don't. <laughs> It's a bit like the final Game of Thrones book, am I right, guys? Hey. Yeah, and please don't mention it to Pat Rothfuss, all right? <laughs> no, yeah, two, two, two thumbs up for Fire Up on the Deep. Awesome. God, I feel like we're on a positive streak right now. Are we going to ruin this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, actually, speaking about positive stuff, mm-hmm. uh, my next section of consuming lately is two things that I'm halfway through. One of them, though, is Dune Messiah, the sequel to Dune. <gasps> I um, I. F- finished the star wars book and i was like all right i think i'm ready finally i read the light stuff let's get back to getting bogged down back into this and i'm already a third of the way through it it's really short it's It's very very short short. yeah it's entirely politics do you messiah it's entirely politics i actually bought children of dune on the kindle just before i started messiah and when i was during the first like chapter of messiah i was like maybe that was a bit preemptive of me uh because this first chapter is rough (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then you get to the second chapter and it's actually pretty good and it's pretty interesting and i think that it finishes up the story of the first novel better than the first novel finished the story of itself definitely because the first one like wrapped up super quickly in like 20 pages and it it was all set up and then the payoff you get just didn't really feel worth it Mm. this isn't necessarily payoff to that story it's more 
just kind of showing you the consequences of what happened. And it does really feel like a continuation on from the first one rather than a sequel like most, you know, sci-fi sequels are. Like, there's a bigger villain and whatever. And I'm pretty sure the, the later the books do get into that. But this one, yeah, is um, it's quite good, actually. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, yeah. It's- there's some... Sorry, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because the reason that it was written, uh, I'm going to go full nerd here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> the reason it was written was because Frank Herbert, the, like the reaction was, you know, Paul's a hero. This this is fantastic. What a what a great sci-fi hero. And <laughs> yeah, Frank Herbert was like, no, that's not the point at all. What? <laughs> what, what? Did you read the book? He knows he's not a hero. <laughs> yeah, right? the point of the first book. Yeah. And so he had to like write the second book to be like, look, things are not well in the universe. Uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing from the first book made anything better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I loved how it opens, and oh, it's kind of a spoiler, but they're basically like, this many people are dead, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> it's like, a it big just, number two. It just punches you right in the yeah. gut, right for a how many pages was the number? <laughs> oh yeah, oh. it do be like that. It was, yeah, <laughs> they are long. <laughs> They're long books. But yeah. this one, yeah, it's quite short. I am reading it with the audio book because I am not the biggest nerd that I could possibly be. Uh, and I need audio books to know how to say things <laughs> that are made up. <laughs> That's all right. I swear most people I know didn't know how to say Hermione until the film came out. So <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my thing is, like, if I'm reading a book and I don't know how to say a made-up word, for that universe i don't commit it to memory so when it pops up again i'm just very confused but when i've got it in an audiobook format and i know how to say it i do commit it to memory better so yeah. that's kind of why i'm going with audiobooks for dune messiah when i wouldn't like usually i can relate to that so yeah just out of curiosity how do they pronounce his fremen name oh what is it again <laughs> is it marty Oh, um, Muadib. Muadib. Yeah, Muadib. Yeah, Muadib. Muadib. Muad. Muad. It's different in the movie than it is Mu-a-dib. in the books. Yeah, I think. Wow. Yeah, because I haven't listened to the audiobook, so I'm just going off the complete nonsense that's in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I am actually, I'm actually halfway through Children of Dune. Okay. And have been since December 23rd, 2019. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep, I, I swear I read it every month. Yeah. And I'm still halfway. Nice. That sounds like me until mid last year, I was struggling with the first Game of Thrones book. And I thought, screw it. I'm in lockdown. I've got literally nothing else to do. Mm, I will yeah. read this. And I got just through it. Just finish it off. Eventually. Nice. Now yeah. you've just got, what, eight to go? Yeah, and another one apparently. Oof. No, two more apparently. Oh, God. He'll only yeah, manage yeah. one, unfortunately. Winds of Winter <laughs> and then The Song of Summer, I think, is the last one. That'll never happen. No. <laughs> that last one will never happen. Which is so meta because yeah. the whole thing about Game of Thrones is that the winters last forever. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Do you like Children of Dune? I think I'm going to end after that one. I don't think I'm going to go any further after the Paul trilogy. Well, God Emperor is. You know the bits at the so at the start of the chapters. There's always a like, what do, what do you call it? An epitaph? Yeah. Of excerpts from these made up books by the characters in the universe. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that God Emperor of Dune reads like that, just the whole way nope, through. No, not reading that. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
I would say Children of Dune is a more accessible, yeah, more accessible story. It's paced better. It's kind of characters are more interesting. It's kind of back to the structure of the first one, but yeah, yeah, because more the like one's just politics. More of when uh, Paul and Jessica are in the desert. Okay, I like that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the good stuff, but. I just am exhausted by the whole Dune universe at the moment. It's just yep. kind of weighing on me quite a bit. I also, like, I play the Dune board game. Oh, yes. That was, it was made in the 80s and has just had a reprint in 2019. Jeez. And it is fantastic. It mm. is one of the best board games I've ever played. It is like wow. chess and fun. <laughs> are those two mutually exclusive <laughs> <laughs> sorry queen's gambit I like fans queen's gambit. yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are my top 10 <laughs> no it was very good <laughs> but to me i i'm just so worn thin by this universe now that i just can't be around these people any longer paul <laughs> Get away just me, go guys. away just man go. <laughs> no i'm not gonna sit at your table okay <laughs> It helps imagining uh, that Paul is played by Kyle MacLachlan while while reading the Sire. Because after watching the, the movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah, or, I kind of like him now. Yeah, or David Bowie. <laughs> or yes, or Bowie, or Bowie. Just don't imagine Sting anywhere in there. Though. Oh god. Oh god. That's my general rule in life, really. <laughs> yeah, just don't imagine Sting. Just don't imagine. Sting. Oh no, help me! I'm imagining Sting again. <laughs> I got stung. Oh, no. <laughs> pull him out. Pull him out. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I'm halfway through that. I'm also halfway through American Horror Story Season 8 Apocalypse, but Oof. I'll talk about that next week. Oof. It is pretty good. I actually really like it. Um, it's a direct sequel to the two best seasons. Oh, yeah. That's the crossover one, right? Yeah, it's the crossover <laughs> between... Murder House, uh, Apocalypse. There's a little bit of a uh, yeah, Murder House Coven. There's a little bit of uh, Asylum in there. A little bit of Hotel. Uh, it all kind of crosses over. Little bit of Asylum, and then <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I took a long break after Cult because Cult's probably the worst season. I'm glad that I took a long break after it. Yeah. But I'm 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 quite enjoying Apocalypse as just pure trash. <laughs> Well, that's American Horror Story for you. <laughs> exactly. And I'm excited for season nine, which is just pure trash, but Emma Roberts is the lead. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> anyway, you've got anything else, Rhys? No, I don't, other than the main part. So. Oh, is that oh, this time? No. It's time. It is time. We've been gradually... Can, can we just talk about... Can we just can we just rant about Ryan Murphy a bit? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we, please? That was the original idea of getting... Bam on the show, so go for it, you two. Okay, wait, we're doing this? Right. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Ryan Murphy, look, when he's good, he's good good trash. Yes. When he's bad, I'm like, I, I cannot understand why he keeps getting hired, because, like, the fucking... The, the, sorry, I just swore. Oh, that's all good. We swear. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> when he's at his worst, it is unforgivable. <laughs> Now, Sandro, did you watch Ratchet? <laughs> now, we talked about this on your stream, oh. and I got three episodes in, and I was going <laughs> to finish to get you on an episode, but that never happened. So I have not finished Ratchet. 
And by all accounts, that's his worst show to date. You have made the right decision here, sir. So. <laughs> there is an episode. All right. I'm going into spoiler territory here. So if you haven't seen Ratchet and for some un- ungodly reason you want to watch it, then just <laughs> don't at me. Like Sarah Paulson's good. <laughs> Sarah Paulson's great. I love Sarah Paulson yeah, yeah, in pretty much everything except for Ratchet. <laughs> and and that wasn't her fault. But there, there is literally an episode where the main doctor of the asylum goes to treat Sharon Stone's psychopathic son yes. and does so with LSD. Oh, yes, I saw that scene. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes, I saw that part. And gives him a dose of LSD, and then while he, he's, like, turned around and the kid drops, like, the rest of the bottle of LSD into his glass, so they're both tripping on acid. <sighs> and then the kid becomes, like obsessed with the idea that he's this Indian god with many arms and so he goes out <laughs> into the garden and cuts off yep. the gardener's arms so that yep. they can be like sewn onto oh. him. Yeah. And then he has this like body dysphoria where he feels like his arms aren't part of his body anymore. So he literally like gets a chainsaw and cuts his own arm <laughs> off. <laughs> Yes. We've already met this character, and we know that he has no arms and legs. So, yeah. so far, we're one arm down. And I'm thinking, Aww. it's going to be really hard for him to cut off his other arm. I bet you he's thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. About, yeah, with only one arm. Oh, how do I do this now? Ryan Murphy's writing this as the show's being filmed, and he's like, fuck, how do I... <laughs> and unlike American Horror Story, he did. He wrote all of Ratchet. Yeah, Aww. yeah. And so, next thing is this kid goes up to like a dresser and jams his arm against the wall and yes. pushes the dresser against it and like dislocates his arm until it snaps out of the skin uh, and it like rips off. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking, okay, so we're two arms down, but we've still got two legs. And then it cuts back from the flashback and Sharon Stone explains how like the disease that he got from the infection <laughs> Of his arms oh. then led to his <laughs> legs to his having legs. to be cu- cut off. Yes. Because that's how the body works. <laughs> now, when I saw that scene, I don't know about you, I was laughing. Oh, I was laughing. I was like, this is excellent garbage and I'm having a lot of fun. But also, I'm never going to go back to this show because that was the last <laughs> moment that I saw. Yeah. At this point, I was like, I have to watch all of this because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you, it, like, continues in that fashion. So oh, if that's your thing, go for it. But it's just, just not for me. Yeah, I, um, yeah, that show in particular, I just, I just couldn't get around. Because, like, I like American Horror Story because it's, you know, it's incredibly trashy, but it's yeah. also super well acted. Yeah. With Ratchet, I was like, it's the same. It's well acted and it's trashy, but it's also based off one floor of the cooker's nest. And yeah. I just, I couldn't get my head around that. I was like, this isn't, this is a different character. This is not, it's not based off that. And so I just, I just kind of stopped because I just, I couldn't really get into it on that level. Yeah. And the fact that it took such a classic and kind of delicate story yeah. that's told in a very sympathetic way to the patients at the asylum mm-hmm. Um, and then did that. And and yeah. made it into this noir slasher psychopath crime drama comedy. Yeah, where everyone in the asylum is like is like a Batman supervillain. He's like expendable at best. 
yeah. and <laughs> cartoon crazy at not even worst. At just the next level down. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's, it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> it made me sad for the world. That's what it did. <laughs> but but that was before the watch. Yeah. Alright, let's do it. Let's do it. Right, I was gonna ask what which one's worse. Oh man, I've only seen two episodes of The Watch. Okay. And you're not going back? Well You remember how I said I hate it, I have to watch all of it? I did pick yeah. up on that. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna do the same thing here. You're, you're gonna hate watch the watch alright. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hate watch the watch, I like that. <laughs> I um let me double check my notes. I wrote down the time code when I stopped paying attention. Um, <laughs> 19 minutes. That was when I went on my phone. Yep. And I just kind of half watched wow. it. The first 19 minutes had some passable moments. There were some okay that. jokes. Yeah. yeah. There's some good stuff in there. So let's start this off by... Explaining what's happening. Saying how familiar we are Yeah, with the... Oh, yeah. No, what is the point of the watch race? <laughs> what is the point <laughs> of the And then we'll watch? go into our backstory with Discord. <laughs> cash in on a great idea and do it poorly no um <laughs> all right so basically for those of you who do not know the watch which is a tv show by bbc america is supposedly based on the discworld novels by sir terry pratchett which is a great series which evolved from literally a D and star wars parody to amazing critiques of human nature and uh mm. political satire and, and comedy and stuff like that it's it turns into something amazing. The first few books are great for what they are, but I really do appreciate things like Nightwatch, which is another one within a series that takes place on that world of the Discworld, and Going Postal. Those are some amazing mm. stories that were told there. Yeah, yeah. And what happens on Discworld is that it's kind of, it starts off as a medieval world, but eventually it begins to evolve, progress in a similar sort of timeline to our Earth. However, the Discworld is literally a disc, which is walked around by four giant elephants on the back yes. of a space turtle, yes. um, which is a, just a great concept and kind of lifts from a lot of mythologies and religious ideas. It kind of combines a whole lot of things in one. Mm. And on that world, we have lots of characters that we follow. In the first book, we're introduced to Rinswind, which is, who is the worst wizard on the disc. Yeah, not the worst wizard. Uh, we have... What other series? Well, we've got The Watch, which is basically the police force in yep. the most populous city on the disc. You've mm. got Tiffany Aching, which is my favorite series, I think. Up there, but The Watch and Tiffany Aching are my favorites. Okay. And Tiffany Aching is a young girl who eventually runs into uh, two witches who were introduced in their own series. But she kind of takes the witch's arc of the disc world and really perfects it. And, and her yeah. story of growing up from a young girl to a young woman is inspiring and powerful and obviously filled with jokes terry pratchett is just well he was such a witty hilarious man and he, he put in a lot of mm -mm. funny situations yeah they are definitely comedy novels as well oh yeah definitely 100 percent. although some like equal rights isn't particularly fun oh no it is actually yeah no it is <laughs> It's more of a satire, but it's still pretty It is. Funny. It's, it's the comedy's done satirically as opposed to slapstick. Yeah. Although the slapstick makes me laugh a lot because <laughs> there's a river, which is meant to basically be um, the River Thames. It's called uh, the River Ankh. And there are two cities. I'd like to joke that they're like Aubrey Wodonga. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> where you've got 
Ankh and Morpork make Ankh Morpork, and the river Ankh runs through the middle of them. And uh, it's been described that it's so polluted that you can't drink the river Ankh, but you can beat someone to death with it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is the kind of comedy that you, you could sometimes get, and then you could get amazing uh, political mm. stuff. Anyway, what I love is the fact that it has reoccurring characters, which includes the characters of The Watch. The main character being Sam Vimes, who, and I think they did it quite well in the show, but he started off quite young and noble, but then eventually yeah. Yeah. became an alcoholic and yeah. is a, a lost cause, basically. And he is great in this show. The interpretation of that, story-wise, and the performance, I really like. Um, Here we come we'll to, to the first problem. Yeah, we'll um, get to that. We'll get to okay. <laughs> but the problem is... The Watch starts off as a really small group of people in a city where they've got, it's, it's a parody of unions, yeah. where you've got different guilds, you've got a thieves guild, so they have rights to legally be able to th steal from people. You've got the assassins guild, where people are legally allowed to kill people. So the Watch is basically useless. <laughs> yes. So they can't do anything, so they don't do anything. The guilds have to keep crime at a 30% rate. Yes, that's it. Otherwise, they'll be punished for it. Otherwise, they'll be. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's some nuances I've forgotten about those books. I haven't actually read the Watch novels, but everything that I hear about them, I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it's brilliant. So in order for the guilds to cut crime rates, all they have to do is work less. Whereas <laughs> if the Watch was to do it, they would have to work twice as hard. <laughs> yes, and be funded more. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's there's great ideas like that, and they do touch upon them in the show. But the thing is, the group starts off really small, and you don't have half of the characters that you have in the show at the start of the watch books. Right. And spoilers for the show, they've got one character far too early, and then they kill him off, which shouldn't be happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically the setup of the books. Shall we just talk about the show and how it's basically nothing like the, the books? Sure. I was thinking we could also, yeah... So, like, Reese, you've obviously read a lot of the Discworld. Not, yeah. I mean, you had a Discworld podcast for a while. I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, I've read most of them. There are a few of them that are kind of have eluded me so far, and I'm, I want to save the last book that he wrote in the Discworld series to be the last Discworld book that I read. I own it, but I'm just going to keep that one on the back burner for a bit. Yeah, for sure. I'm just sentimental like that. Yeah. Um, how about you, Bam? How many have you read? Which series have you gone through? I think I have read four. Mm -hmm. I have read the first one, which was yep. a mistake. <laughs> was it? Because I read it first yeah. and it kind of didn't do anything for me. Right. Yeah, it doesn't hold up. No. Wow. Okay. It, it's it's something to kind of go back to if you yeah. if you enjoy the later books because uh, you can kind of see where it started. But yeah. if if you're reading that, as a starting point, it just falls flat and you wonder, like, why do people like this so much? Yeah. It's a superficial parody at that point, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just a straight parody. I read that one first and I quite liked it, but I read it as, like, a Hitchhiker's Guide sort of book, uh, yeah, which isn't really what the series becomes. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I liked it on that. But, yeah, it's not a great starting point. <laughs> no. And then much, much later I read uh, Soul Music. Oh yeah, Ooh. which was great. That was a yeah. ride. I and and by this point, like I read, I read the first one when I was quite young as well, mm -hmm. um, but kind of didn't read soul music until I was about seventeen. Mm -hmm. And by this point, I was getting all the references, getting all the jokes, <laughs> the wink nudge, and all of that. Yeah, 
and I've read Hogfather, and now I've read Guards, Guards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I read Color of Magic Light Fantastic back-to-back, because I think I saw the Hogfather TV special and went, I like this. So I read those before the adaptation of them came out, which I found a little bit disappointing, but yeah. it's still pretty good. Um, I quite like that. It's better now that we've seen this. That will, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I put on Facebook. I was like, compared to this. <laughs> um, I started reading Equal Rights, but didn't love it. So I jumped to Mort instead and I read that. Then I, yeah, I've read like Hogfather, Going Postal, which is my favorite out of all of them, I think. It's brilliant. And then, have I read Making Money? I think I started it and then I had to return the book to the library. I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> It's relying on the library for these isn't great. But yeah, have read a few, but none of the Watch novels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. I was going to the Watch series kind of blind. Lucky you. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. it helped a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, it was so fresh in my mind because I actually finished these the day before I watched the first episode. Oh, wow. And it hurt me. Yeah. It was a whiplash. Yeah. And... One of the major things that stuck out to me, it was really interesting to hear you say that you enjoyed the first 19 minutes or at least could watch the first 19 minutes was <laughs> that any time, because the disc world is crazy. Yeah. yeah. The rules of it don't make sense. It's silly. It's, you know, it's fantastical. Mm-hmm. Fantastical? Fantastic? Anyway. Yeah, it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with it. It's meant to, it invokes fantasy. It's based in fantasy. Yeah. Mm. But what Pratchett does is anytime he has to give exposition, it becomes a joke. Yes. In this television show, the exposition is exposition exposition given (laughs) to characters who already know it. Yes. Yep. Yes. I wrote that down as just exposition, all caps. (laughs) Why? Because there's a scene, I think it's Vimes (laughs) is talking to someone who's trying to hire him and that person's like hey you know this particular thing that does this and this and this and he's like why yes i do it's exactly like what you were describing earlier bam yeah the writing is so poor the comedy as well isn't clever it's just it's just imagine if i said something really it's like uh and the timing of it is terrible there's oh yeah my partner actually oh sorry you're talking about like the plotting right like how how the how each sequence runs right oh a little bit but i was thinking some of the jokes were just bad as well well because my partner was like did they film this in quarantine where like they're not actually opposite <laughs> the other actor it feels yeah like it feels it. like it because it feels like they're not interacting with each other which is weird because the show looks pretty good for the most part it looks great yeah. i love yeah. i actually love the way that it looks i think that like that as an adaptation is fantastic because it doesn't have to look the way that it does on the covers of the books, right? <laughs> no. yeah. That's not necessarily what I need. In fact, I'm glad with some of those covers that it doesn't look like the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it looks more, it's more cyberpunky, which yeah. yeah, I haven't read the books at that point, but I don't, I think they were still medieval around that time, right? It's pretty much all medieval. It's all mainly most, medieval. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, so they've kind of changed it a little bit because there is like steam powered iPads and random stuff like yeah, that kind yeah. of thrown mm. in, which is probably in there because the writers don't know how to write a story without, without phones and yeah, yeah CCTV phones and stuff. Although I do love the my uh, favorite is the goblins that yeah. are the CCTV. 
Yeah. yeah. That's part of the book. I love that. It's great. Um, they draw really quickly. <laughs> yeah. That is great. But that's something that probably should be explained and done as a joke, but they just never do. Mm. Yeah. It's got an odd mix of, here's an in-joke you've been wanting to see on screen for a long time. You'll love it. Yeah. And then I think of all the people who go, what is this? This is just silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's a joke that they play up, play for the laughs. And as a reader, it was much more subtle than that. And you just go, oh, mm. you missed yeah. the point with that one. It was also kind of a trans joke in the first 10 minutes. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I was actually really happy with the representation in it because the actor is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the representation is good, but the opening joke they did with that character, I was like, that doesn't, that feels a bit yeah. questionable. Yeah, yeah, questionable for now. Speaking of a qu- questionable, and not in a poor way, I'm just a bit confused. Is the interpretation of the patrician veterinary in this trans as well? Because it's played by a woman who identifies as a woman, whereas the gender non-binary character in this is gender non-binary played by mm. a gender non-binary person, but Vimes referred to Vetinari as he. So in the show, I think he in only the show. Ref- I think he only refers to them as Sir. Yeah. Oh, but when talking to Carrot, he said, be careful of Vetinari, he'll have you for something or something oh. along those lines. Hmm. So I don't know if they're just I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. I, I don't mind. it's just an interesting thing that they have got a trans no, I don't know if they're trans or non-binary, but they've got a character whose sexuality is very fluid, which the dwarves are in Discworld. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The joke is, although I do kind of question why they cast such a tall person, because the thing is they're all short and stocky and bearded, and even they get confused about what gender they might be, but they don't care. They've got a very different relationship to gender than humans do. See, I completely missed the fact that they were a dwarf. Yeah, well, they're meant to be. Oh. (laughs) There's another hole in the show. Because, yeah. Okay. There was a line in there where it was like, yeah, I'm just a tall dwarf. Well, because <laughs> Carrot... throwaway line. I already know that, like, Carrot thinks he's a tall dwarf. Yes. Yes. But he's not. Yeah. Yes. Cheery is meant to be a small, stocky, bearded person, like the dwarf in um, Lord of the Rings. They all look like that. Yeah. And they don't, often don't know, they don't particularly care what gender they are unless yeah. they want to make a family. Yeah. 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 So the casting is a big point of this show. But I do give it, you know, respects for, um, you know, casting. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have changed a lot of characters. Uh, as you mentioned, they've killed off characters early, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Has kind of led to people just kind of guess, like, just kind of thinking, like, is this. Because, <sighs> like, I'm all for adaptations going in their own way. Yes. I think yes, so am the I. majority of the best adaptations are their own separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they can be better. Like the Hunger Games book isn't as good as the movie, even though like it inspired it. I know. Controversial mm. opinion. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. Also, here's looking at you, Fight Club. Yeah. Well, well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would even read the Fight Club book? Uh, like the 2001 Space Odyssey novel. Yeah. Doesn't have anything to do with the sequel novels, even though they're written by the same person. It's a whole thing. But mm. who would read that book when you've got the movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But this kind of feels like it's an ab- it's an adaptation of, like, name only. And that can yeah. work. Yeah. 
there was an adaptation of a comic book a while ago called I Zombie, which had absolutely nothing to do with the comic book at all, aside from the general premise of she gets the memories of people's brains that she eats. That was what they took, and they just made a whole show out of that and ignored everything else about the comic. This feels like it's doing the same thing, but it's trying really hard yeah. to go for that original audience, and yeah. it's completely failing. Yeah. Absolutely. And even things like, uh, it's a good joke, but the execution of it doesn't work. The wizard who tried to stop a woman's daughter who was swearing a lot, tried to basically bleep her in real life, but it backfired and hit him so he can't swear. I think the sound effect they put in whenever he goes to um, swear, <laughs> they, it's that sort of sound effect, it's just too slow and it ruins the, the joke. I wholeheartedly agree. But I will say that I laughed out loud. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I did too. But... I chuckled. That was yeah. one of the rare times I chuckled. I would have just literally made it a beep sound. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Agreed. There were about four times and only in the second episode yeah. that I laughed out loud. Yeah. yeah. Which I found really quite impressive. And this is the only reason why I'm going to continue watching it <laughs> is because the second episode seemed to forget the first one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Now yeah. I wasn't paying like I wasn't paying complete attention to the second one. Totally. I fair. was only half watching it. Yeah. Um. But it was better. It was it better. Was a better episode. Yeah. It was pretty good. Structurally, like all of the, the all, all of the uh, actors seem to be working together. Yeah. Mm. And Vimes also had a touch of his character from the books, and this was something that I had a big problem with in the first episode. Hmm. In the book, Vimes is portrayed as someone who is lowly in station because he keeps opening his mouth at the wrong time. Yes. But he is intelligent and deeply sarcastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the first episode, he just seems to be an idiot. Yes. He pisses on a dog, right? That's yeah. <laughs> he's like the first time we see him when he's not dead, he is yeah. pissing on a dog. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. the bit just before that, where it cut from him being young and you know with a, with a good jawline mm. to um, <laughs> yes. oh, it plays him Richard Richard Dormer yeah Richard Dormer who I think is excellent and I think he's doing a good job mm, uh, he's great in Game of Thrones yeah it cut to him with a scruffy beard and looking bedraggled and then it pauses and the caption is you know uh, twenty years. 370,000 bottles of gin later or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and I laughed at that. I did, 400 yeah, brain I did cells or whatever it was. It was hilarious. That was, that for the briefest moment, I thought this might be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cut to yeah. pissing on a dog and I was like, fucking hell. Did you piss on a dog again, sir? He pissed on me. Yeah. <laughs> His accent is good as well. I quite liked it. Yeah, oh, like yeah. it opens with that scene with death and i was like eh, death's got an american accent i don't know how i feel about that yeah i don't like that he's got an american accent and the design is weird but i was like they're starting with death it gets points for starting with the character of death yeah maybe this will be good flashback i was like this is okay that then the text on screen i was like this feels very pratchett all right mm. then comes to the first major modern joke and it's pissing on dog and i was like oh no yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, but i also okay i had a problem with death as well and it only came about when i think it was either the beginning of the second episode or the end of the first mm -hmm. and it was when death was given a personality like a pissed off retail worker 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> Death Death's character is he doesn't understand people. He's yeah. intrigued by them. He wants to like yeah. underst- he wants to be around them to kind of learn what they're about, but he doesn't feel like them. Yes. Mm. So when that happened, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Death's character is so good in the books. So good. Ah. Oh, yeah, one of the best. Things like um Albert asks him What's one good thing in life? If you could see so much happening, what's one nice thing in life? And he goes, hmm, cats. Cats are nice. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's another bit. Just their interactions are great, as is the name of his horse. Do you know know what Death's horse's name is? I cannot remember. Binky. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's a conversation, I think it's in Hogfather, actually, where they're talking about how, God, I've got a nice warm feeling inside. And he goes, that's heartburn. (laughs) <laughs> oh right yeah yeah and i well this is actually in good omens but i like to think it's the same death <laughs> I'm, i bet it would be playing playing the trivia machine at the pub <laughs> and yes. getting all of the answers right and then one an- one question comes up and he just will not touch it and it's what year did elvis die yes and one of the guys is like it's 19 it's 1977 it's 1977 mm-hmm. he's like i don't care what the machine says i didn't touch him exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's great but we can't drift into nice things let's just wrap no up yeah on sorry the watch. <laughs> uh let me double check my notes I think we're actually being a bit tame on it, really. Um, we are. The last big negative note I had was, um, I think, in relation to... Oh, I can't remember, actually. But there was, like, a really, really painfully forced emotional moment in the first episode that I, really annoyed me. First episode? Uh, it was definitely in the first episode. It was near the end. I don't think it was the flashback. Maybe it could have been the flashback. But I was just like, the writing is so poor. Yeah. The music is what's telling you how to feel. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, you should feel sad music. To be fair, the music is good. It is pretty good. I love, like, the Pixies playing and, like, Walk mm. Like an Egyptian. I think that, like... <laughs> That's quite funny, yeah. It's just so silly that, like, it it would work if the show was good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> One thing that I do have to mention, though, is the subtitles for the goblins oh. appearing like not uh, at the bottom. Yes. I know. Appearing where yes. they are makes I, me so angry. I have to find it, and then I've missed what they said. I had to go yeah. back. <laughs> and yeah. the jokes that they're making are communist jokes. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, it's the eighties. It's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the jokes work when you've had a page full of information setting up these guilds and stuff like that. That's one of those in-jokes that I'm like, yeah, I should be laughing, but you're really not explaining it for other people, so I'm not laughing. Mm. (laughs) And um, the swamp dragons are these cute little handheld little (laughs) baby things when, like, in the books, they're these, like, dog-sized, ugly, like, Ah, winged things. Merch opportunities. Oh. Great. <laughs> no. BBC America. Do you think these issues would be fixed if it was on HBO? Because I was kind of thinking if this had a better... Now, I don't want to be mean to the writers, but if mm. this had a better pool of higher caliber writers on it that we would see on something like HBO, 
it could be good, even with the changes and that. I think it could work. Mm. I think so too. I think that the biggest issue here was that they tried to cash in on too much too quickly. Yes. Yeah. Because this isn't even an adaptation of God's Guards. No. It's pretending to be for a little bit, but it's really not. Yeah. And it's just taking stuff from the whole series and just dumping it into this mm. kind of go-nowhere storyline so that, like, when, when something starts to kick off, it stops immediately because we've got to get other stuff that people will recognise because we'll get mm. points for that rather than have to actually work for it. Whereas <laughs> yeah. if they just adapted the book... Mm then it would kind of write itself. Which is a pretty good setup for the watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think the watch books get get better, which obviously you can't speak to, but they evolve and Sam Vimes grows. Mm-hmm. And okay. here I've got a mixed feeling about the casting of Lady Sybil Rampkin because I think the actress playing her is brilliant. Yeah. But she's meant to be older. Yep. Stockier. Yeah, very much. I know some people could complain that it's a black actress, but I think they can get over themselves. It could be a yeah. Yeah, of course. shorter, stockier black woman who's a bit older. But I I love what she's doing with the character, but I don't think the character's accurate. So then I've got mixed feelings about, mm. you know, that's not her fault at all, but that's the writers and maybe mm. the casting director, but then they chose a good actor. So, ugh. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a talented cast. Yeah. I mean, Matt Berry's in the you know, it's a talent cast for sure. Mm. If you can hire Matt Berry. And by the way, like Matt Berry was pretty funny as the sword. I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah. I, um, going back to what you said about HBO, I don't really like the aesthetic of this. Okay. I always imagined something like Game of Thrones, grand and, you know, those ideas, but then undercut with the satire. That's the visuals I always got. Yeah. Whereas this, although I do kind of like the technology because um, at some point Cherry just pulls out, or Cherry just pulls out a um, plastic fingerprint detector. And I'm like, what? You wouldn't have that. But then I'm like, but it's playing with the concept of police officers and they do that. And I kind of forgave that. But I do prefer completely medieval with jokes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I've got mixed feelings about that as well. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird, like, I'm not sure why they would have changed that, because I'm all, like, I'm thinking as well, fantasy would have been cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> because they wouldn't have to build a cyberpunk city. Well, so. at some point, I feel like it does get almost to this degree. Okay. Without the colourful lighting towards the end of uh, the series. Well, at least towards the last few books that he wrote, because he probably would have gone on forever if he stayed with us. Mm. Yeah. It did progress through a timeline. It got kind of like to the Industrial Revolution in the later books. Uh, that's right, yeah, with like Rising Steam and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. I, it, it, it's, it is like a, like a fantasy punk kind of yeah. look, though. It's not, I wouldn't say, it's kind of like Game of Thrones meets Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I kind of dig, actually. Yeah, I'd like an original thing set then. Yeah, yeah. I like the way that they've just kind of like gone for it and that's the only thing that has kind of paid off for me. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't look bad. I just don't like... It's just not your Ankh Morpork. Yeah, exactly. But here's the other thing. It's definitely not your Ankh Morpork because it's in the desert. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Ankh Morpork is on a swamp. Yes. (laughs) Bits of it sink all the time. That made me so mad. 
Oh yeah, is the river even in this show? Um, we haven't seen it yet. Another thing I noticed was um another very popular BBC America show, probably the one that fans of Terry Pratchett would be familiar with is Dirk Gently. Um, uh, their yeah. Dirk uh, Gently yeah. adaptation for a while ago, while the <laughs> co-creator of that show turned out to be an awful person. Disgusting. The show itself yeah. was not bad. It was pretty good, but it had this style of editing. As you mentioned, like the subtitles being very bold and colorful and like mm. not really showing up where subtitles usually show up the gag about however like a years later that we see at the start of the episode the, the, that is almost point for point from Dirk Gently so it almost, <laughs> it, it's it feels like they're kind of like writing off that a little bit as well which feels very bbc america to me as well a lot of their <laughs> stuff does just kind of follow yeah. the other popular stuff they've done which mm. is a shame but yeah they try to go a little bit dirk gently with this in points as well and um just doesn't work i can't speak to that because i haven't seen it but i'm not at all surprised <laughs> yeah i guess it's my problem is I'm part of the niche Terry Pratchett fans. They're trying to aim for the broader BBC America audience. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I didn't like it. Yeah. It's not good. It's not a good show. <laughs> the worst thing was I was watching it with my partner and I was embarrassed by it. Yeah. If, like if you go to watch a show with someone. But Terry Pratchett's better than this. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I was apologizing being like, no, no, I swear, it's not usually like this. Um, it shouldn't be like this. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, come on. Yeah. Which, if that's the way you have to feel about something that you enjoy, then, like, that is a bad sign. Mm. Yeah. It's like going to see Artemis Fowl, someone who's never read it before, and you're both, you're both watching it. Yeah. That's potentially worse than this. Oh, 100% that's worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much more worse than this. <laughs> um, but yeah, disappointing. Yes, absolutely. Very disappointing. One thing I did like, but it's only because I love the actress, was Ingrid Oliver as the head of the Assassin's Guild. Yes. Mm, agreed. I don't know if you've seen her episodes of Doctor Who, but she's got a great character in Doctor Who. I Well, she was in the 50th. She was, yes. Yes, um, which I have seen. I don't mm. remember her in the series, but I probably have seen her in it. Yeah. My memory of that show is fuzzy. <laughs> Sorry to say enough. it. Sorry, nerds. Nah, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's fantastic. I see her in lots of stuff from the BBC and, and all around. Mm. Um, yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, that was a nice surprise when she popped up. I'd seen that she'd been cast. I didn't see who it was that she'd been cast as. And then I saw her and I thought, whoa, you've gone quite far from the uh, Doctor Who scarf wearing, inhaler using mm, yes. <laughs> little nerd to, yes. you know, a bath ass, you know what? <laughs> it was, um, yeah, look, it was a ride. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> I'm not going to keep watching yeah, I'm kind do. of devastated to say that I'm not either because I wanted it to be so good because Terry Pratchett is. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it because I th I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe 
<laughs> I, well, I don't actually suspect this, but I am praying for it, that <laughs> it will trend upwards. Because the second episode was definitely better than the first. I think we can all mm. agree on that. Definitely. Yeah. And if it if it pulls a reverse Good Omens, then by the end of the show, it'll be really good. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the adaptation yet of Good Omens. And I'm also glad you didn't like the ending of Good Omens. <laughs> Honestly, the longer it went on, the worse it got for me. I was like, please let this be over. The montage of David Tennant and Michael Sheen's relationship that lasted for like 30 minutes of the 40 minute episode made me want to die. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is the only reason that anyone's watching this show and I hate it. Try harder. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of annoyed with the writing at the end of that as well. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I, it, it, it probably can only go up from here. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. bet if it's going to be a multi-season thing, the story arc of season one will basically be most of God's guards. But then I don't know yeah. where they go from there because I made some changes that I doubt it though. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know how much you remember of Guys Guys, and I don't really want to spoil it. But at the end of the second act, something like very silly happens, mm-hmm. and I cannot see them doing that with this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I wonder if it will get renewed because it's currently. Let me have a look at the viewers. Mm. Uh, zero point two million. Okay. Uh, that's pretty good for BBC America, actually. Uh, maybe we'll get renewed. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also a lot of plot threads from... I'm not sure exactly where along the line it goes. It falls in, but uh, the book The Night Watch, that's where some of the characters have come from, especially um, the villain. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I okay. wondered about that. Yeah. I missed I missed um, that gang, the Brotherhood. <laughs> yes brother watchtower and brother fingers and mm-hmm. because they were they were hilarious they, they were. oh i haven't read guards guards in so long but yes they were. in the book they have to uh <laughs> they have to bring in magical artifacts <laughs> which is surprisingly easy to find in ink mothball so it's not that big a deal mm-hmm. except one of them donates their amulet that protects them from being eaten alive by crocodiles <laughs> And everyone laughs at him for it. They're like, why did you buy this? And he was like, cost me $3. <laughs> That's $3 out of my own pocket. So he like hands it in and, you know, they summon the dragon like they do in the first episode of the show. Mm. And the next week he's not there and he's been eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. That's excellent. It's just fun stuff like that that's missing from the show as well. I, I yeah. feel like they've tried to go way too serious with it. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. really hard to put it in there, though, because a lot of his jokes even come from the description as well, not just yeah, yeah interaction. Yeah. yeah, I love that sort of thing as well. Like the you're able to murder somebody with the river ink. That's hilarious in my mind. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing to see how many of his jokes fall flat coming out of the mouths of the actors, though. Like yeah. the one about, um, well, if he was walking in the shades, it was a suicide because if you're walking around there, <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah. Obviously, it's phrased better than I just regurgitated it in the book. Um, but it was word for word in the show, and it just did not land. No, it didn't, but it works. Mm. You do kind of have a little sense of a, a chuckle, but also it does set up how serious it is down there as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe maybe they shouldn't adapt this. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Someone can do it well. Someone Keep, can do it well. Don't say that. Just maybe good people can adapt it. Keep trying. Even yeah. if it's only as good as the 2005 Hitchhiker's Guide, like, you know, you can yeah. get there. 
I like. I don't that mind that fun. movie. Sure, yeah. something on a level as okay as that film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I love the Going Postal adaptation. I think it's a really, really good adaptation of yes. that book. Yeah. Um, Hogfather's pretty good as well. I didn't love Color of Magic, but I love that's probably just the budgetary <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, they started off with Hogfather, and I think like this, it didn't include enough of the jokes. Yeah, which is true. They did Color of Magic, and that was mostly jokes. Not much of a yeah. plot. However, the book is kind of like that too. So maybe the book is that's non- fair enough. I, from memory, it's three short novellas that are mainly just jokes of them going on dumb adventures. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and little references to Death Stars and things like that, and yeah, a lot of uh, fantasy cliches. Uh, and then going postal is the perfect blend of comedy and drama. On screen and in the book, there's just more of it in the book because you can't take all of the nuance mm. and subtlety from the book and put it in an adaptation. But I think they managed to get there by the end of those adaptations. And I just wish they were doing some more. Yeah. And I can't see them really doing anything else with this property. For a while. After this, for yeah. a while. Because it's like, what else do you do? Well, like, if the watch didn't work, yeah, what will work? Because, mm. like, that's like. I would say the watch, just from what you guys have said, that's the most um, accessible series, probably. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. My, I know you haven't read uh, the Tiffany Aching books, but that's kind of almost starts off as young adult and then grows up as she grows up. That could be a good way okay. to get more audiences in there. That would be good. It could also be the way I would try to do it. And I might have to read the books again just to make sure this doesn't sound completely ridiculous, but <laughs> almost have a kind of Harry Potter aesthetic where she's young and it's almost a normal kind of world. But as she learns about the magic part of the world, explain just how weird the Disc world is then. Instead of jumping right into mm. the weirdness, mm. gradually introduce it. And so as you get older, you realize that the world has got this craziness going on. And maybe that could be, that could be fun. a way to... To start introducing the weirdness, because I think the problem is they go all out on the weirdness, doesn't have the right effect. Whereas in the the book, the Color of Magic book, it describes Great R2 and the Star Turtle and then the four elephants, and it takes its time to build it up in a much better way than any of the adaptations have done. So, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that'd yeah. be a better way to do it. I was trying to think, has Neil Gaiman, because he was involved in American Gods season one hmm. and very involved in good omens if he because i know that he hates this show i love how he described it uh let me he hates what show this he hates the watch oh okay yeah oh wow he described it as where is it he described it as batman if he's now a news reporter in a yellow trench coat with a pet bat (laughs) (laughs) uh tell you who else hates it rihanna pratchett terry's daughter yeah yes the Pratchett estate. Yeah. See, I'd be surprised to see anyone get permission to adapt anything again. Yeah. Again, yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. They're doing an animated version of uh, the amazing Maurice and his educated rodents, which is a fun little. Yeah. Oh, I have heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. Little okay. story. So that could be quite fun. Yeah, but like, um, I could easily see like Neil Gaiman perhaps, perhaps doing something kind of like he did with Good Omens to this. <gasps> uh, don't say that series which would be good i think that would be good a good omens is i didn't like the end but um that's just a budgetary writing thing yeah basically but yeah um a good omens was good 
Was it as bad an ending as Dracula? Or... Oh, no, no, no way. No, no, <laughs> no. no. <way. laughs> okay, good. Cool. It was like, it was a slightly disappointing ending to a great show. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I thought. I was trying to think of a comparison, but I can't. <laughs> um, Game of Thrones? That was all right for me, though. <laughs> That's true. How about mm? Star Wars? No. <laughs> that was all right for me, though. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see the criticisms, but I still enjoy it as I watch it. Yeah. Yes, actually, same. Although I haven't rewatched it. I need no, to. I haven't. I've, I've seen... <laughs> Uh, well, it's the last one called The Rise of Skywalker twice, but that's only because my nephew wanted to go and see it. And I thought, yeah, I'll take you and watch it again. Okay. And I liked it both times, but I think I've just been really turned off a lot of Star Wars by the fandom. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that if you say, oh, I liked The Last Jedi, then you get told you're an idiot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that shows how not interested we are in the watch is that we've drifted off to other yep. things. We oh, really yeah. Like, um... <laughs> uh, let's rate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to give it the... No, I'm going to stop watching, so I think I'm going to give it three thumbs down. But okay. if it was just the second episode, maybe one thumb down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it one thumb down and maybe check it out a bit more later on, but I'm really disappointed so far, just because I'm mm. such a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a schmear. That's, that's, that's one thumb down, but I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah. It's the I hate it, but I have to watch it thing for you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like I want to believe in the best in people, and I I want this show to turn itself around, pick itself yeah. up, turn itself around, and just it could, it could yeah. come on home. I want the writing to be as good as its cast. Mm. Yeah, because Vimes in the second episode is fantastic. Yeah, mm. and I can really get around it. And his voice in both of them is wonderful. I love. Oh his voice. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's good i love his facial expressions yes <laughs> and yeah. and like the way that the lines on his face remap themselves every time he changes his expression yes. Yes. that's yeah. good that's very good Alrighty, so the watch not great but hopefully it gets better it could get better also yeah. mm-hmm. sorry one last thing oh yeah how many oh. times can you force the word watch into a television show did you notice that? Like every every time they were talking to each other, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm done with watching. I'm yes. this oh, yeah, is yeah, 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 we. Yeah. What time is it on your watch?" I was about to say, you know, that's fair enough. They're from the watch. It's like saying we're from the police. But then when you said there is that line of "Look, I'm tired of watching. I want to start doing" or something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it comes up all the time. And it's like, okay, we get it. Like the show is the watch. It's the pun. We get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we didn't even go into like how appropriate is it to have a TV show about a group of bumbling cops that are in the process of becoming heroes. How appropriate is that for right now? Do we really need that show? About uh, or do we really need cops in real life to start being heroes? That's what I mean. Is it is the climate <laughs> right for us to see like this show about cops being good guys? I don't know. Cause... I don't know. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's still great, so... <laughs> yeah, but they even had to, like, take oh, that yeah. season off, like, take the season to rewrite it in order mm. for it to be, like, to change it a appropriate. Bit. Yeah. yeah. They did do that. They did do that. And I think that this is kind of like, oh, we'll just do it and see if it's okay. <laughs> I'd be interested to see, like, where the series goes with that messaging. 
Yeah, well, it was a bit like going back to The Punisher. That had to be delayed because of the Los Angeles mass shooting. Yes. Mm. And there's a debate in that about gun control. They have a senator wanting gun control. Then they have a whole lot of characters saying, I'm only alive because I've got a gun. So there's they had that debate happening on the show. It was meant to be released like two or three days after that shooting. Mm. And then they're like, no, we'll uh, adjust that. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting point about the watch. I guess... Uh, no, I shouldn't. I really shouldn't get into that topic. I'll get far too know. political. <laughs> I think I'm baiting you, Reese. You are. <laughs> I think there's space for any sort of story that anyone wants to tell at any time. But saying that, you should watch. Like for yeah, you watch. should read the room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like with something like Punisher, I'm glad they delayed that because yeah. that show in particular was a bit rough coming around at that time. But mm. I don't know. It's medieval. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, no, it's, it's meant like to a, be, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it's a step removed, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think also, I will very briefly just say, a lot of the problems we see to do with the police are from America, where their police system is state-based as opposed to a federal thing. I think overall, if there are system reforms, things in that area can improve. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll get off my real-life soapbox now and get back to talking about nerdy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so... Unfortunately, that's very poor reactions to a pretty poor show, but hopefully it gets better. And I do want to say thank you very much for joining us, Bam, and thank you for cramming in a book to read before coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have read that book. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope you read some more Pratchett. No, I definitely will. Actually, on that note, um, a happier note for you and the listeners. It's not a Discworld book, but it's a Pratchett book. I recommend that you read Nation. It's a very, it's a much okay. deeper book. There are moments of humor, mm. but it's a much deeper book and it gets quite serious and it's moving at points as well. So definitely recommend Nation. All right. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen this around. Yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, we do sometimes do the segment, Hey, we've talked about what we have been consuming now for what we want to consume. Uh, is there anything you want to bring up that you're like excited for in the near future? Bam. Oh, yeah, so my workmate actually just gave me Resident Evil 2, the remake, to Ooh. start playing, and I am going to sink my teeth into that tomorrow. I also haven't had the chance to play the single-player roleplay game that I bought recently called Thousand-Year-Old Vampire. You Ooh. play as a recently-turned vampire, and uh, basically you roll dice to see how far you progress in a series of writing prompts. And each writing prompt produces an experience which you commit to a memory and you have five memories until you fill them up. And if a new experience doesn't fit into a memory, you need to discard one of the memories and start a new one. So as your vampire gets older, it begins to forget who it is and why it is the way that it is. That's mm. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, so I'm going to be sinking my teeth into that one as well <laughs> other than that i'm gonna be watching the watch i guess okay oh boy yeah. <laughs> this right. is what we want to watch by the way <laughs> that's right all things in perfect balance yeah mm. all righty how about you race well i've i think i've got a few things i haven't been reading enough and i have started his dark materials oh Ooh, yes. yeah i would like to keep reading that it's very good so far but uh, all the movie watching and podcast editing I've been doing is, has distracted me a bit. Something for the sake of, and this actually 
sounds bad at first, but for the sake of the algorithm and keeping it trending, I want to watch The Merger on Netflix. I've already seen it, but I want to watch it again and keep it going because it's a great Aussie film with a great story, uh, a message that I support, and a lot of people that I went to uni with star in it as well. So, oh, mm. That's right. That's the one that was filmed in Wagga, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a thing for that recently. Yeah. Well, it's up on Netflix, and I think the creator is doing the live show that it started with. Nice. He's touring again. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? There were a few other things. Uh, I've put together a huge list of stuff, and I'm just trying to whittle it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I've just scrolled down on Netflix, and The Sapphires has come up. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, that is on there now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in that. You are? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else is there? I'd started off a few shows that I wanted to watch, but they're really long-running ones, such as Buffy and stuff like that. Right. So I don't know how applicable that is to the next week or two, but, um, you know, I just want to potentially just continue stuff that I've started, like His Dark Materials, watching yeah. some shows that I've started. So that's what I'll be doing. Buffy was an unexpected hit for me. Yeah. Wow. It's like on paper, it reads like something that I would really dig, but every time I went to watch it, I just couldn't get into it mm. until I just sat myself down. I got through the first season. And then once the second season kicked off, I was totally invested. Ah, uh, one of those shows. Yeah, and now there's a huge Buffy-sized hole in my heart since it finished. Oh, it broke me. Angel, oh, sorry. Angel. <laughs> Joking. Oh no, do, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, I... <laughs> Imagine watching Angel. <laughs> oh. oh no, because I actually bought Angel when we got up to when it started. Mm-hmm. So we were doing the you watch one episode of Buffy, then mm. you watch one episode of Angel, oh. and then yeah. they cross over occasionally. Um, like characters from Buffy will go to Angel and show yeah. up and then go back to Buffy. And I can tell you right now, there is no good season of Angel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. That sounds like nice. the declining quality of the CW shows. Yeah. yeah. Superhero shows. And they do that too. So you have to watch Eight episodes of each season, then there's a crossover. Then the crossover. And then a few more episodes, and then there's one more crossover. And then and every now and then there's a spoiler of Arrow and Flash. Watch out. I know. <laughs> it's very annoying. <sighs> <sighs> they've got so much promise, but they've started not hitting the mark a lot. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've given up on all. I mean, I want to go back to Legends of Tomorrow, but the problem with that one is that's the one you've got to watch them all to understand. <laughs> Yes. So I'm like, yeah. ah, that's the one I want to watch, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that adds Supergirl, but yeah. Which um, is ending soon, which was surprisingly yeah. good. Like, I, I expected it to be quite cheesy, but it finds that balance of being cheesy yet wholesome as well. Yeah, it's very wholesome. In fact, I... Because, oh, like, Superman and Lois is starting soon, and I think I will watch oh. it just because Superman is great, but there hasn't been a good adaptation yet, ever. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Oh, he, he has opinions. <laughs> <laughs> there are good movies, but they're not good Superman movies. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, I I want to watch the new Superman and Lois show. Um, but I'm also like, do I want to finish Supergirl first? Because I love that show. But just like Agents of Shield, I've got like 60 plus episodes to get through. <laughs> like, that's a big commitment. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's something else I could watch. I've got a lot of Agents of Shield to watch as well. God, there's too much. It's too much. <laughs> 
Um, what do I want to consume? Well, I've been going through Jim Gamusha's uh, filmography. I'm a big fan of him, but I haven't seen a lot of his earlier stuff. What's he done? Uh, we did Stranger Than Paradise's uh, yeah. semi-debut-ish, kind of. He did a film before it, but it doesn't count. Um, his, his festival debut. Uh, we did that on Oldie Clip but a goodie last year. I checked out his second film a little while ago, which was really fun. Um, he's done The Dead Don't Die, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. It's pretty good. Patterson with Adam Driver is incredible. So I've kind of, I've started going through his filmography. I think I'm going to go through a few of them before next episode. Finish Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. Three episodes left on that. I'm excited to talk about There's it. There's a lot to talk about there. <laughs> yes. I already have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that one. Okay. I just really quickly want to say this season was so good until about two or three episodes in the middle where it kind of lost track and then it found it again and it was really good. That's my review. Yeah. For me, it kind of feels like it started off really well and then it forgot in the writing process, they were like, oh, wait, we need an arc. And then in the final, like, five episodes, they were like, quickly write it an arc. <laughs> but let's also make Michael Burnham really annoying. Oh, yeah, she's super... <laughs> um, and there's this movie that just came out on VOD called Psycho Gorman, which looks incredible. It's like this 80s slasher monster movie B film trash like uh <laughs> like toxic avenger except made on a much oh, larger budget it's actually getting really good reviews even wow. though it looks super dumb so i'm really excited to watch that it just came out on vod so it yeah a oh, oh, weird movie return possibly next oh, next boy. episode cool uh with that one mm. by the way bam have you heard of sandro's other podcast oldie but a goodie i sure have awesome and i follow him on letterbox as well so i'm oh, yeah. all i'm up with it Sweet. I have that letterbox. I see you on letterbox every now and then. I'm like, ooh, review. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, I started off doing actually quite long reviews and couldn't keep it up. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, now I'm just like, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, the acting was good. Mm. Yeah. This, this is gonna sound weird for somebody who does a podcast, but sometimes I really like breaking down something, being really nuanced with my descriptions of it. But then eventually, I'm just like. Yeah, I liked it. You might not have done. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've used all the flowery language in the last review, so I can't use it again for at least exactly. another two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to your letterbox in the episode description, Ben. Why not? I'll put Lovely, it thank you. Chuck it in there. And to his Twitch stream. Yes. Yes, which I will be getting back to. I've taken a little huddle, 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 huddle day, huddle day. Huddle from day. it. Yes, mm. a little huddle day. In uh, Hoddleton. Been to, been to <laughs> Hoddleton to see the Hoddles. Yes. Uh, the Hoddits. No, but I will be getting back to it soon. I'll probably be doing two days a week. Nice. And probably going to be streaming some kind of indie games. I just found a big list of Australian games that I kind of want to break into and kind of see what they're like. We've made a lot of really cool stuff here, so mm. I want to kind of spread that love around. Well, it's surprisingly, which I found out through Playwatch Listen, Melbourne is one of the biggest areas to make games in the world, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, on in South Bank, there is a office building hmm. that is essentially just a bunch of indie devs yeah. Yeah, 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 all working together. It's called the Arcade. Nice. Uh, I think I remember a good game piece on that or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. My university has like a 
working relationship with them. So mm-hmm. usually we would be hot desking there for our third year game mm. development subject, mm. which unfortunately we didn't get to do this year because of, I can't remember, something? Something happened. Um, climate change. Yeah. Uh, what, um, no. Was it Trump? Taxes? Yes, taxes. That was yeah. it. Um, uh, well, yeah. Uh, it was a radiation leak in Melbourne and I had to shut it down. That was the one. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone in the building became really uh, buff and glowy. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Which was cool to watch. No. Uh, <laughs> one of them was bitten by a spider. Another one could turn into a ham sandwich. Because <laughs> that's what he was eating at the time, you see. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a thriving community here, which is great because yes, yeah. I want to get a job here. <laughs> yeah. I always forget that we live in the same city. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a kind of surreal experience happening here because years ago I met Bam. We did plays together and that was a lot of fun. Mm. And then when I went off to university, well, actually when we basically had completed all levels of drama school, we didn't keep going. And we kind of just stayed in touch through Facebook and all of that, but it was all very casual. Then I met you, Sandra, and then now. Two of my worlds are colliding, and it's really <laughs> yes. exciting and really fun. Yeah. Sandra also appears in some of my friend- friendship groups as well, like Friends of Friends. Really? Oh, okay. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, like, because my partner went to VCA. and Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a lot of, like, <laughs> there's a lot of overlap here. Yeah. There would be, definitely. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. great. Well, we'll all have to meet up at some point and record it. Yeah, that'd be great. I really want to. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, let's let's um let's wrap up the episode right there. It, it has been a long one, actually, so probably should. It has. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, as always. If you like the show, number one way to help out, tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes. Oh, also, uh, probably isn't applicable, but, but we have changed uh, podcast hosts. So just in case you notice something weird with the show, you've already made it this far into the episode, so you probably haven't, but just in case you have, uh, you might need to resubscribe or that's, I, I don't think you need to. I'm pretty sure you don't have to, but just, just, just in case, just in case. But again, you've made it this far into the episode. That's probably not a problem. What else? That's it. I think that's it. Yes. Main show back at some point. We're looking to record in person soon. So it'll be fun. And this show back probably weekly for a bit. For a bit. We'll, we'll get busy again. Yeah. I'm sure we will. It happens. It does. I'm bam back soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to come back. We should really find something else that we want to rant about because I feel like rants with bam <laughs> is a great thing. And that could be a section, yeah, actually. That could be oh. a segment. Rants <laughs> with bam. Bam's rants. Oh, but, but that means you're only on to talk about negative things. <laughs> Not necessarily. Well, no, I just, I like it when we get into it because sometimes watching your stream, I don't care what game you're playing. If you start talking about something that you've got opinions on, it's very, very entertaining. It is. It is very entertaining. See, this has been such a wholesome experience for me because I don't usually talk about the things that I really like. <laughs> uh, in fact, I find myself getting carried away sometimes and just like often ranting about one thing will lead me on to another thing that makes me really angry. And yep. I will turn, I will stop myself in the middle of a conversation and be like, I swear, I do like things. I just had an episode idea. Yeah. I just had an episode idea. Oh. Uh, bam. We yes. both finish reading children of dune then oh god all three of us plus zach watch the 2002 Ooh. and 2003 sci-fi miniseries yes and we talk about yes dune 
Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> but we definitely get Zach involved too, because he's a character. Oh, yes. He will definitely be up for doing that. All right. Um, and watching, because it's like, I think each miniseries is four and a half hours long. Oh, oh Jesus shit. Christ. All right. <laughs> well, let's let's set a time frame, because like, if we're going to do it, I'm going to commit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I punched guards guards out and i'm mm. gonna do the same with children of june and it could be the only way i will ever read this book this is alrighty. let's be your motivation yeah <laughs> this is why i'm thinking of doing it because i think i will be the same yeah <laughs> so some motivation to finish that book Let, let's say april all right yeah finish children finish messiah and then give yourself a little like breathing room yeah okay oh i was just gonna jump right in all right <laughs> Oh, you're just going to skip the end of Messiah. <laughs> yeah. No, you, gonna... you definitely <laughs> no. cannot do that. Messiah yeah. ends really well. I will say that. Yeah. I already know what happens, but um, oh, okay. I'm excited <laughs> to, yeah, to see how it, yeah, Okay. That's why that. you're going to skip. It's kind of hard to avoid <laughs> some yeah. spoilers, unfortunately. But yeah. Okay, cool. We'll do that in April. Look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I am both not and am. Are the uh, series easy to access, by the way? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, they are. I, think, I don't think they're on sci-fi. Not sci-fi, Stan. Oh, on Stan. Okay. Are they? When I say sci-fi. Really? I think they are. I saw that they were yeah. on a streaming service before. Anyway, I'm sure oh, this okay. is fascinating. Yeah. What's it called again? Are they uh, just called... Frank Herbert's Dune, I think, is the series of the... Um... I shall have a look. Maybe we'll split it up into two episodes, though, because when we talked about the David Lynch movie, Zach and I recorded for two hours and a half. No, it went for a quarter of the length of the film. Well, yeah, this one, this one's been going for two hours and ten, and that's just us. Like that's just the episode. So, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, that's poor Reese is going to have to edit this. It's all good. It's what I do. (laughs) This has been really fun, though. Thank, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, any time. I loved having you on, and I want to get you back on. And we'll especially get you back on if you don't just want to do rants. This, this could be your wholesome escape from your your rants if you want. 100%. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, it was great for me to be able to talk about two things that I really love. Because, yeah. like, yeah, yeah I, have to, I have to tell people, like, no, no, there are things that I do like. <laughs> yeah. And we know that. We watch your stream. You love musicals. Yeah. I'm not just an angry man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, make sure that you continue to nerd out. It is a bye from me. And stay safe, everyone. Also, I'll divide that in two ways. Stay hydrated in Australia because it's summer and really bloody hot. And in other countries, please do safe practices. Thank you. And I'll also say bye. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 